I talk about impacts and outcomes in this really sort of number focused way. And this time when I'm going to be talking about evaluation of this program, I'm going to be talking about this one person who was flood affected, was evacuated during the flooding, who has had now an opportunity to explore gender in a really, really safe space and watch them come so far and be so confident in who they are. And I think that's going to stick with me as being this really, really powerful outcome. It's just this one person's story. Hi, my name's Al and I am a bi-plus non-binary queer person living on Bangarin country working with Lion Wayne Gratter. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Bangarang lands of the Yorta Yorta Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. This episode you're about to hear is with me as I share my story of starting Line Wangaratta, what creating the organisation has been like and why LGBTQIA plus groups are important in regional areas and what pride means to me. So my name is Elle Winters. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm the president of Line Wangaratta. You are a founder? Yes, founder of the organisation. So it was originally a Facebook group and I took over as admin in December 2019. Initially, Line Wangaratta stood for Lesbians in the North East. And we, or I, decided to change that for it to be more inclusive and changed it to LGBTQIA plus in the Northeast. And it wasn't for about 12 months until I realised it was an acronym within an acronym and it was too late to change it. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It's just a funny story that we can tell now about its name. What are you most excited about with starting this organisation? Or, you know, giving it a new identity and... I think seeing it grow and change over the years. Today we've put up some artwork and photos in our new Pride Hub and some of the photos were from our very first art program that we ran within the first 12 months of of starting and we just sort of ran it as a community group. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, As I said, we started in December 2019 and then we had the bushfires And our region was really severely impacted by that. And then within a month or two, we had COVID. So the first 12 months of starting our community group, it was very, very slow. And we got a really small grant from the council to do an art therapy program. We talked about the impact of COVID on marginalised and disadvantaged community members. And on the smell of an oily rag, we ran all of these art Um, workshops, some of them in person and and some of them online. And hanging those up today, two and a half years later, I've been thinking about the changes in that time and how beautiful those artworks were, just, you know, photojournalism and painting material that we've now sewn together 
and displayed it on the wall. It's sort of beautiful that maybe in 10 years' time we might be in the same building and we're going to look back on that and go, wow, look how far we've come. And there's something really beautiful about seeing that change. Yeah. Mm. And how long have you actually had the, the hub? We were meant to start in September. We picked up the keys in November um, with the effects of COVID on the capacity of the organisation and then the flooding late last year. We're now in February 2023 and just opening the doors in two days' time for our grand opening. Um, so we've been here for a couple of months and it's been a very slow start and I'm so impatient. <laughs> just We decided, I think it's been 18 months in the process of of wanting to have this hub, this place that people can gather, a place that we can run programs that we know is going to be safe, a place that is for people like us. And it's been very much community-led. Most of the the board of Lion Wangaratta are neurodiverse. Most of us are trans and gender diverse. So it's been created by people, for people like us. Um, and it's really exciting that we're finally opening in two days and that we can run art programs like we are tonight um, in this space and just invite people along just to hang out, create things, meet other people. Yeah, it's something really beautiful. And have you noticed um, the impact that it's having on people's lives to have something like this? This um, self-portrait series program that... Uh, we're running through Victoria's Pride and, and with Midsummer. It's the first program we're, we're running here and it's been really lovely having people come together and they can go across into the, the clothes and have a look through the clothes. And um, I think one of the most profound impacts I've seen so far has been um, a person who's starting their um, trans-affirming journey who every session come in comes in to introduce them, themselves in a new name. We call them by that name and it's this space for them to really explore that journey in a really safe space. It's been this wonderful thing to watch. Everyone is really respectful. Everyone is changing names as the different sessions progress and we're seeing this person change and it's been really, really wonderful. And they can go and have a look at three clothes and dress how they want to dress. And um, I think that's been, you know, when we, when I think about managing programs and evaluation, I'm talking about numbers and this is the, the big, uh, or this is, I, I talk about impacts and outcomes in this really sort of number focused way. And this time when I'm going to be talking about evaluation of this program, I'm going to be talking about this one person who was flood affected, was evacuated during the flooding, who has had now an opportunity to explore gender in a really, really safe space and watch them come so far and be so confident in who they are. And I think that's going to stick with me as being this really, really powerful outcome. It's just this one person's story. And I'm like, I don't care about how many number of people turn up. This was the one thing that was the outcome. And if that's just what can happen over a couple of months to an art program, imagine how much impact we're going to have being open three days a week in our shop of, you know, what else 
what other cho- opportunities are there going to be for people to have these experiences in a town where we're three hours from Melbourne? People don't always travel down to the big pride events that are happening in, in metro areas and I hope they can have that experience here rather than have that pressure of travelling. Is this for all voluntary run? Yes. Mm. Voluntary board, it'd be great if we had a big, huge team of volunteers, but it's um, not quite yet. Then the dream is to have paid staff and paid counsellors that can um, be based out of the Pride Hub so that people can come in and, and talk to them at any time. But I think we're a few years away from that. Well, tell me about your journey from Melbourne to Wangaratta. How did you end up here? Uh, I moved up here um, with my young family um, to be closer to to my parents and my in-laws and my relationship was disintegrating and I suddenly found myself a single parent, um, nowhere to live and tried to reach out to community and, and there was nothing. So if I wanted support or friends or help or anything, there was no one around. So um, I got back on my feet and reached out to the LGBTQI plus community in Shepparton and Albury-Wodonga, which were the closest community groups. And I heard nothing from Albury-Wodonga. It was just like silence. And so I travelled an hour and 15 to Shepparton every now and again to see people that were like me who had similar experiences like me and to reconnect with the queer community. And I thought, I cannot keep travelling to Shepparton. This is not fair. I cannot have anyone else in the situation that I was in who was um, not in a good place and then didn't have any support. So um, I started Lion and over time we've just gathered this really amazing um, board and 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 now here we are with with the Pride Hub, but it's been a lot of hard work and a lot of hours. But I feel like that creating this organisation and and building this has been very healing, and has given me this sense of purpose that I didn't I didn't realise I had. And yeah, it's been it's been an amazing couple of years. <laughs> what does Pride mean to you? I don't know. I get asked that question every now and again and I think I don't know how to answer that because I think this, after feeling so much shame in who I am, I think pride and being proud of who you are is an ongoing journey for me and I don't know if I'm there yet so I don't know if I can answer that because I think it's going to be an ongoing journey to pride rather than something that I just have. Um, being involved with community gives me pride mm. and but I don't have a lot of pride in myself so not there yet but hopefully one day mm. hmm. what's your superpower? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 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 my brain I think <laughs> Like I said before, a lot of lo- the line board are neurodiverse. There's this there's this thing of if you look around and you see zebras, um, you're probably a zebra. And being surrounded by really neurodiverse people and having two neurodiverse children and my partner has been diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, I'm now undergoing 
uh, assessment as well. And I think that is a superpower that my brain just works at a different level to other people. And people have been telling me for years that, oh, you're going to get burnt out. You're doing too much. I'm, you know, I've got three jobs and I do line. I have family and I do all this stuff. And I'm like, this is just me at baseline. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think I can function at any other level that this is just who I am. I don't, I can't slow that down. And I really do think that's a superpower. Yeah. And you look so bright and fresh and amazing for doing all those things. It's <laughs> so fulfilling. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It mm. feeds your soul. Uh, yes, fills my cup. Mm. That uh, in the real world I have a job and then I do, I do this in my spare time because I love it so much and it's so enjoyable. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else and I get so much out of it and I see the benefit it has for other people and, yeah, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. What do you love about Wangaratta? Mm. I love that it has potential. It's like a little baby tree and it has its potential to grow into such a beautiful thing and I would like to think that I have some sort of influence on how that tree is growing to grow. And whether it is through what I'm doing at line or through my job or through just being present and visible, I think there's a lot of opportunity for change. And that's what I love about Wangaratta. It's also really close to all the snow fields and it's in a really, the environment is just stunning. That we have so many beautiful spots Mount Hotham and Mount Buffalo and Falls Creek, we are in a really, really beautiful spot to experience that. So they're my favourite things. Beautiful. Well, that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pridefinder, the Rainbow Road Trip was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. Thank you.